Hello, I'm Charu Kamaria. I'm a writer, journalist, speaker, and podcaster based in the southeastern United States. And I started this show after many years of working in newsrooms where stories of the day are boiled down to just a few minutes. I want to go more in depth, talk about the things that we all should be noticing and discussing, and help you understand what the story really is. So let's get started. Hello and welcome to this week's show. My guest today is Landon Eustache. He's a local attorney and also a board member for the Council for Children's Rights, a Charlotte, North Carolina-based nonprofit who um, really works for the advocacy of kids and looking at all of the issues that children who may be um, forced in front of the court system, the issues that they may be facing. So Landon, thank you so much for making time to be here to talk about this cause today. Hi, Sharon. Thanks for having me. So how did you become involved with the group? How, how did they choose you? How did you choose to devote some time to them? Well, I first started uh, probably a little over 10, 10 years ago, or maybe right around 10 years ago. Uh, I started working with the Council for Children's Rights as a volunteer attorney uh, in the custody advocacy program. And so what we and I and I, I got involved with that program through um, the law firm that I was working with at the time. And so, what I did um, as a volunteer attorney uh, with the custody advocacy program or CAP program, as we call it, um, is basically represent children who are involved in high conflict custody dis- disputes. Mm-hmm. So, um, when when there is uh, a custody uh, case that uh, that that the judge considers high conflict, meaning that either the the parents or uh, the parties have come back to the family court several times, um, or uh, there there are just there there are just extra circumstances that um, that add to the conflict in the situation. The mm-hmm. parents, uh, the the judge will uh, often uh, appoint um, the Council for Children's Rights to uh, to represent the children involved mm. in the custody dispute, and um, and we basically conduct an investigation. Um, so we do home visits with each parent and. You know, it's not always the parent. Sometimes it's a parent versus a grandparent. Um, but in most cases, it's, you know, mother versus father. Um, we'll conduct home visits. We'll uh, uh, interview teachers, uh, family members, and people who are familiar with the situation. Um, we will uh, sometimes talk to the child if the child is old enough or if the children involved are old enough. Um, we will, uh, you know, we'll, we'll ask for records and, and all kinds of information, mm-hmm. but just gather as much information as possible. Uh, and then uh, eventually at the custody hearing, we will appear on behalf of the child uh, and make an argument to the judge on what custody arrangement we believe is in the best interest of the child. And, and generally the judge puts a lot of weight to our um our recommendations uh, because we are kind of representing the child as a neutral party. And, and usually, you know, in custody situations, um, you know, you have each, each side saying that the other side is the worst person in the world yes. and, and can't possibly care for the child. So it, yeah. I, I think, you know, it's helpful to have us as a neutral party there. Well, so that's it, how I got started. And this, is this like a new thing in um, custody arrangements? Because like, I, I don't, I remember, 
it used to be where it was what you described, like very acrimonious, two sides fighting. But this idea that you're going to come to the table and really view it from their perspective, the child's perspective, is that a new thing in custody disputes? Or has that been around? I I, I don't know how how new it is. Um, I know in in Mecklenburg County, um, the Council of Children's Rights has has been around well in 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 several different forms mm. uh for you know for for a couple of decades um and so it you know it, it's it's i guess relatively new um you know uh, but i think maybe around the 90s that that uh courts you know across the country have been kind of implementing similar programs um where they basically look to a third party to um to help provide, you know, help represent the child and help provide some some guidance into what is actually going on um, mm. in the in the custody situation. I see, and I want to just take a moment to uh, to stop and ask you something. So I know when I was uh, like a full time reporter and I covered stories day in and day out, and there were some really awful child abuse cases that I covered, and I was not a mother at that time. And I wonder how it would have been different, me covering those stories now. But I do remember that your brain has to compartmentalize what you're seeing. Is it hard to do what you do? Because you must see, um, you know, some really crazy situations then in that role. It it can be difficult at times. Um, You know, I haven't had... I, I'll say this: I've, I've heard about um, through other volunteer attorneys or custody advocates about cases that are far worse than the cases that I've handled myself. Mm. So I, I've seen some some difficult circumstances in the cases that I've personally done, um, but I, I've frankly heard about a lot worse where there, you know, there can be, you know, uh, just just you know, I mean, anything up to, um, you know. Uh, I know one, one person that I was familiar with, um, a custody advocate, she was handling a case where the, um, the father, uh, was accused of murdering the mother. I mean, so it gets, it gets as bad as that, um, in some of these cases. And, and I guess the, the, the custody case was the family of the deceased mother was, um, was uh, fighting for custody of the child against against the father, who who had been accused but not 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 convicted. Um, oh. uh, yet he was going through the court process. Okay. So, so so you know it, it can be very very difficult. Um, but but you just have to really, like you said, try to compartmentalize and 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 really remember what we're there for. We're there to try to find the best situation uh, for the child. Um, and sometimes it's a choice between two bad situations. Frankly, you mm. know, more often than you'd like to see, it's a choice between two bad situations, but you're trying to find a better situation um, and the, situ- the situation that would cause less uh, conflict for, for the child. Yeah, that's that's very well put because sometimes it is, um, you know, and the, and the measuring stick, you have to really be mindful to not use a measuring stick that, you know, you yourself might use in your own life um, and, and right. understand it is what you said. Like sometimes it's just the best we can do with what we have. That's right. That's right. And so, 
you know, so so um, those those cases can be they can be very difficult. But uh, but I, I you know I learned a lot uh, working on those cases, and then um, just kind of going back to my involvement with the organization. Eventually, after doing those cases for um, five or six years. I joined the board uh, of, of the Council for Children's Rights back in 2016 um, and uh, and eventually kind of took on some leadership roles on the board. And, and I'm actually just uh, this year, uh, well, this month, actually finishing up my one-year term as board president. Um, and so I have uh, one more year on the board and, uh, and we'll be rolling off after that. Oh, wow. Okay. So what do you... What, what, where is the group going now? I, you know, I'm going to link everybody in the show notes so you can see a little bit more about what they do and how you can support them as well. But what, um, one thing I was very interested in seeing is the interconnectedness of issues. You know, we, we tend to think of, um, like, let's take the case that you gave where the father is accused of um, killing the mother and is going through the trial process. You know, we're, we're looking at that as one thing, but there's other factors there. You know, there there could be other factors. And usually these things we tend to see when you really go further there, you know, it might be job insecurity coupled with food insecurity, housing insecurity. But but what have you guys sort of learned and where are you headed with this um, to make just a better world for these kids overall? Well, there, there are... You're right. I mean, there there are lots of factors that that impact the lives of the of, of children. Um, like you said, you know, housing insecurity, food insecurity, um, and and many more. What we try to do uh, as an organization is we set certain um, policy priorities. So. You know, just to kind of explain the back up a little bit and explain the structure of the organization. So we have um, the, we have several programs where we have attorneys kind of working every day, um, and sometimes working with outside volunteer attorneys um, to handle um, issues that impact children. So one is the custody advocacy program that I just mentioned. Another is the children's defense program, uh, and so the Council for Children's Rights. Um, acts as the basically the public defender for all um, children uh, accused of crimes in Mecklenburg County. So, um, so you know, we, we basically represent children involved in, in, um, in criminal uh, cases. Mm-hmm. Then another program is the education law program where we represent children uh, involved in 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 a, in a range of issues, one being uh, children involved in foster care and trying to seek special education um, opportunities for those children, uh, representing children with disabilities, um, and making sure that they have access to um, certain special education opportunities, um, and and other you know other other uh, issues related to education as well, um, and then and then we have kind of a policy team, um, and we. As a board, as an organization, we set certain policy priorities that um, that focus on kind of bringing about uh, systemic change, mm-hmm. um, to, you know, in, in areas that impact um, children. And so, some of the policy priorities that we, um, you know, one big one that we have focused on in the past uh, is raise the age within North Carolina. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's basically, it was a push um, over the past several years to raise 
the age um, at which a child can be uh, charged as an adult mm-hmm. from 16 years old to 18 years old. Um, and and that, that has been kind of a statewide push. We were, you know, we were involved in that. Uh, and, um, and, and that, that, succeeded um in a raise raise the age bill was passed um uh, a few years ago a couple mm-hmm. of years ago but it, it it really was just implemented in in december of 2019 and so we're um there there are we're now kind of continuing work related to that um because there have been several kind of ongoing issues with children still being transferred to adult courts especially during the pandemic um also trying to um uh, change the way youth court works and and actually raise the the lower lower bound age for youth court because uh, kids as young as six years old uh, can can be brought into the youth court system and uh, and we're working to kind of raise the age Wait, for that. Wait, so. you need to back up. Hold on a second. So I I want to know because I um you know and the, I want to know more about that because but they're not kept in facilities with the adults right when they're or are they sometimes. Like, could you have a 16-year-old kept with grown folks in a jail, too? Or are you saying that they're just being tried in a similar court system? In a, in a similar court system? You know, that's a good question. I'm, I'm not completely sure if, uh, you know, what facilities the children are being kept in, it, you know, when they are kind of 16 or older. Um, mm-hmm. that, that, that's a good question. I, I have to go back and, t- and take a look at that. But... Um, <clears throat> But, but our focus is really on the courts um, mm-hmm. and the courts that they're tried in. Um, I know we have we have had some um, some focus on kind of um, the juvenile detention facilities and and uh, and you know making sure that there are some improvements there. Um, but um, but yeah, that, that, I'd have to go back and talk, yeah, that's okay. uh, to the. I'm curious about like what, um, you know, you mentioned that you can have a child as young as six being charged. What are they being charged with? Um, crimes. Um, you know, they can be charged, you know, and arrested for, um, for basically any, any, um, uh, action that, that breaks, you know, that breaks the law in North Carolina. And so, I mean, it's, it's, and it's very subjective. I'm guessing that that's very subjective because we've all seen videos of, um, you know, I I remember it was not in North Carolina, but it was a young girl, seven, um, the same age as my daughter being pepper sprayed in the face. And I mean, she was, she was handcuffed. She was not a threat to herself or anybody else. And, um, there was absolutely no reason to pepper spray her. She was crying, crying. Uh, but you know, kids cry. (laughs) That's certainly no reason. So, um, that is very young. And I mean, I'm guessing that that's very subjective. And I'm also going to say that it's probably most often children of color that are being impacted that way. Yes. There is a disproportionate impact on children of color. Um, in, in a lot of these issues that we deal with. Um, and so, so yes, absolutely. Um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things that generally we don't think about. We don't think about, uh, you know, six year, six year old children, um, being arrested and tried for, um, criminal offenses, but, but, uh, but that, that is what what happens, and so so our, our, our organization we're we're working to kind of raise the age on that lower bound um, uh, of uh, 
in the age limit of, of, of children that can be tried yeah. uh, in youth court and, and, and basically um, treating those children outside of the court system um, uh, when, they're, when they're that young or younger. Yeah, Landon, that's really important work. I mean, I know that when you're um, somebody in your position that is uh, has a lot of corporate success, you know, you sit on boards, you do things like this, it's kind of what's done. But what you're doing is actually very impactful. This is amazing. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's great work. I've really loved it. Uh, I've loved working with this organization. You know, worked with a lot of great people, um, and uh, and we really have an amazing team at the council that's doing doing great work on behalf of on behalf of children. And so our, our job as a board is to really just kind of support what they do um, mm-hmm. and and make sure that you know the community is aware uh, of the work that we're doing, and, and so that we can kind of foster support throughout the broader community for the, for the work that they're doing on behalf of kids in, in Mecklenburg County. Yeah. And what would you want the community to know? Like what should they know about uh, what you're doing? I mean, what I'm hearing is it's not just on the ground in courtrooms, um, but it's also legislative work and change reform that needs to happen. But what would you like for them to know? Uh, people that may not really, like you said, think about this or be, um, part of the court system daily, what what do you need them to know about the council? I would say, you know, they're, they're, the most important thing to know is that, like we mentioned, there are, we don't necessarily see them uh, on a day-to-day basis, especially if you're not um, in those communities that are generally impacted by, you know, by crime or, um, by other educational um, disparities and things like that, but but you should know that it's it's happening, and there are a lot of kids um, that are being impacted by by issues that are that are affecting broader society. But kids kids are being in some ways disproportionately impacted because kids have less control over their environment, and so the organization, the Council for Children's Rights. Um, we really work hard uh, on an everyday basis to try to to try to really serve as kind of a a, a last line of defense for children um, who are kind of slipping through the cracks of the education system, mm-hmm. um, the legal system, uh, and and elsewhere. And so, you know, often oftentimes these these kids don't really have the support system that you would want or expect for a child to have. I mean, the parents may not be, um, may either not be there or doing the jobs that they need to be doing and supporting the child. Um, and, and the, the school system, they're kind of slipping through the cracks there. And so, you know, um, I think the, the, the attorneys and the, and the staff at this organization, they're really, uh, doing everything that they can, um, to make sure that, uh, you know, that, that kids have, have opportunities, um, have some opportunities at least to, you know, to, to have a, um, a fair shot if, if they end up, uh, in court or, mm-hmm. or to have access to, um, decent educational opportunities. And so, so that's really the work that this organization does. And I think that's, that's what the, uh, the broader public would, would want to focus on. Yeah. And how can we support you? Those of us that are interested in learning more, and want to support the, the council, what can we do? What should we do? I would say, you know, there, there are a, a couple of 
things. I mean, we um, we hold lots of events throughout the year um, where we have you know folks who are who are much more knowledgeable about these issues than I am, frankly, mm-hmm. uh, who speak you know at, at events and talk a little bit about the work that they do um, on behalf of children. And so, um, one of our, our primary events is a night for children's rights. We actually just uh, just virtually held it. Um, Mm-hmm. A few weeks back, a couple of months back, really, um, and um, and so supporting through you know um, through one of those events is always helpful. I'd say the first place though to go is really check out check out the website, mm-hmm. um, which is it's it's cfcrights.org. dot mm-hmm. org. Um, so it's Council for Children's Rights. That's the CFC uh, rights. Org, um, and, uh, and, and take a look, uh, at the work that we're doing. We have some information and if you can contribute, um, because mm-hmm. that's, that's part of, of what we're constantly striving for. I mean, there are, unfortunately, we just, there are never, it never seems like there are enough resources to help every kid that, that is in need of our assistance. Yeah. Um, and so, and so, we have to have the resources to kind of um, to kind of bring people on staff to uh, to represent children. Yes. And uh, and you know, we we enlist the, the the help of volunteer attorneys throughout the community uh, as much as we can. But um, but we have to have a you know a full time staff there to to you know guide the volunteer attorneys and, and to do some of the um, the general work that needs to be done. And so, you know. Supporting the organization through donations and financial support—that—that's—that's that's really kind of the the lifeblood of of how we do the work that we do on behalf of children. And so, so you know, everyone can can go on the website and donate, and I would I would encourage uh, folks to folks to do so. And and then the the other thing would be you know if you are um, an attorney, you know consider uh consider helping out as a volunteer attorney especially through the custody advocacy program and and non-attorneys we have non-attorneys um also as well helping with the custody advocacy program and and, uh other programs as well on a volunteer basis so well i will link everybody in the show notes to the group's website and um i really think it's great what you're doing thank you so much for making time to be here today but also for doing this this is really important and if we're we're going to if we really want to change society, it really starts here with these young people that do need some help, you know, and they need somebody looking out for them. So I think that's great that you do this work. Great. Well, great. And, and I appreciate you having me and uh, really appreciate you uh, giving us and the organization this, this platform to talk about the work that we do. Yeah, of course. And I, again, I will link people in the show notes. So please take a look at that. And um, until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy. Take care. You can support this show by subscribing it, liking it, and sharing it with others. And you can also follow the show on Instagram at the story with Charu. That's on Instagram. It's all lowercase, all one word at the story with Charu. That's where I post pictures of our guests. And I also have um, more fresh takes about current events that we really can't get to in a podcast format. And sometimes just random things from around the globe or just everyday life. You can also find more information about me on my website, charukamaria.com. That's C-H-A-R-U-K-U-M-A-R-H-I-A 
Com. Again, that's also one word. And until next time, I hope that you find something that makes your soul light and happy.